1: everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the hot mic here on the outlaw nation channel i am the outlaw john roker joined as always uh, by jeff snyder the insider himself we're going a little bit early jeff uh, how are you feeling how are you doing our things oh i'm good johnny Boy!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go we are ready and excited to be jumping in to everything we are going on here on the hot mic uh, there's so much to discuss certainly the bradley cooper drama we got some margot robbie making that. Sweet Sweet Cash, a New York Times article on TikTok. Hasbro launching its own uh, film and TV division. We got some Snow White drama controversy, blindside controversy popping up out of the blue. Some WGA AMPTP strike updates for sure. We got some first photos for a new Apple Monster series and some comments about Hollywood movies coming from one of the best writers to ever write a Hollywood movie, Charlie Kaufman, and uh, a really good TV actor in... uh, uh in uh in the shazam two star there zachary levi so a lot to, to get into for sure don't forget streamlabs and super chats are open send them in now you know we go fast on this show so if you want your stuff answered you want your stuff responded to get them in quickly as possible uh jeff uh, i don't want to waste too much time here shall we jump into the first uh, um uh, subject matter for today dealer's choice johnny throw it at me listen i got no other place to start than with the bradley cooper situation i mean this is such an interesting uh situation that has popped up maestro the uh, teaser trailer for maestro dropped earlier this week from netflix who you are having lunch with or dinner with apparently later on today but what the, uh what
0: are you doing right now what
1: <laughs> <laughs> just joking just joking a uh, bradley cooper though drama popped up here with his film maestro a lot of people Chiming in online, claiming that this is another example of quote unquote Jew face because he's wearing a nose prosthetic. You were interviewed in Newsweek as a counterpoint to another Jewish journalist here, Melina Saval from Pasadena Magazine. She did not like that he was using this prosthetic nose. You Thought it was a non-issue, and you tweeted that out as well. And a number of people have commented on it, both positively and negatively. But this has become a big deal now over the last couple of days to overshadow what I'm sure Netflix thought was their first entry into the best uh, picture conversation this year with Maestro to maybe counter Oppenheimer and maybe go up against Killers of the Flower Moon. So what are your thoughts on this massive controversy that is popping up over the last couple of days over Bradley Cooper. Yes, yeah. can prosthetic? you wear
0: can you wear a prosthetic nose to play someone who isn't Jewish?
1: Yes. Of course. Yeah, you can, can right? Yeah. Pretty
0: yes. yeah, you can. It's not a big deal at all. So I don't know why we're making it a big deal here just because uh, Bernstein was Jewish. I mean yes. this is what actors do. If he did not wear prosthetic John, yeah, then he goes out there and who does he look like? Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah. yeah like bradley cooper so yeah he's got to put on something to look more like uh Ber- bernstein and it's like i know that people are like you're, i mean you're getting all the angles we're getting the fucking zapruder tape angles of everyone's nose yeah okay people yeah. are like oh bradley's nose looks more like Bernstein's nose. he didn't even need to do anything like right come, come on guys like sometimes and maybe you can speak to this since you are an actor after hello that. hello does does Bradley Cooper maybe need something a barrier to to help him sink into character? You know, sometimes it helps actors to put yep. on a costume and makeup and hair, and it feels like they're inhabiting somebody. Do you think maybe that could help him? So it's more of Cooper the actor pushing for this than Cooper the director.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. At the end of the day, look this is a this is a passion project of Bradley Cooper's. Certainly, as um his as uh, Bernstein's children came out, all three of them. In a statement, a very lengthy statement defending Bradley Cooper's usage of the nose, he was very involved, with, very involved with having them be a part of the project, having them chime in positively or negatively about how he was going to portray this very famous person and wanted to be respectful, respectful to the family. So the fact that they all responded in a positive way about this is another notch in Bradley Cooper's uh, 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 ledger here for how he was approaching this. But his overall reaction to it as an actor, for him, sometimes, and a lot of actors will tell you this sometimes putting on the clothes, sometimes adjusting the makeup or adding something gets them into the character even more. This isn't what you've seen before, like what we've seen the Jew face controversy sometimes be about, which is the stereotypical, horribly stereotypical idea of the hook nose or the bump in the nose, all of that, you've seen that be a negative stereotype. That is not what he's doing here. It's a very elegant nose. It's a pronounced nose, but it's a nose that matches what Leonard Bernstein did. And by the way, Orson Welles wore a prosthetic nose for every role he did. Every role he did, he wore a prosthetic nose. Some actors need that to dive into the character and really embrace it and leave themselves behind in order to fully embody what this, who this person is, you know? And so, yes, we saw a comical version of it in uh, Tropic Thunder with Robert Downey Jr. did, you know, that character actor, but this is something different, right? And I think this is out of respect. So I'm just really shocked at the reactions here because the nose isn't what we've seen the horrible stereotype of noses the reactions are ridiculous it's because
0: yeah. social media just needs a new villain and you know just needs grist for that mill Possibly, okay. this is a movie who produced this movie john
1: uh netflix i think no who produced it who's the producer the, oh the uh are they the the children of the Ber- of bernstein leonard bernstein who produced it
0: no the movie was produced by some guy his name is Steven Spielberg. Oh, who, oh
1: well, Spielberg Scorsese, yes, who, yes. I yes,
0: think I'm... is the yeah. best-known Jew in the world, <laughs> right? I don't uh, know. And, and yeah. who has been the most outspoken person of the jew face controversy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Sarah Silverman is in the movie yeah. as Bernstein's sister. So yeah. it's like, I don't really think that Bradley Cooper spent the last three years of his life making a biopic about Leonard Bernstein, also that he could secretly wear this, you know, aesthetic nose to embarrass this legendary conductor. Like, just such a ridiculous thing. Um, Actors act, okay? Uh, Just like Carrie Mulligan is not half Costa Rican or Chilean. Honestly, I can't get a read on, on what this woman was. Was she Costa Rican or Chilean? She was
1: Costa Rican. Her mom was Costa Rican. She is half Latina. Her dad was a white guy. So that's... She is it Latina. Like,
0: I see had, like, written as half Chilean sometimes. I'm like, wasn't she Costa Rican? No, she studied
1: with... She, she grew up in Chile, but she was born in Costa
0: Rica. Either way, Carrie yeah. Mulligan's a British actress, right? Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> I, obviously there was some controversy about that back in the day this seems to be even louder yeah um you know maybe because of, of you know where we are in the world and obviously anti-semitism is raging uh, these days but like yeah, clearly great. you could say john that this movie just has a nose for controversy um, nope
1: nope you can say that you can say that <laughs> as you're jewish i'm not touching that uh, at all but what, what's your feelings overall though because i mean helen mirren has gotten some pushback for playing Golda Meir in film. <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, you mentioned Sarah Silverman. She has been one of the biggest people commenting about this uh, Jew face controversy. And she, as you said, she's in the movie. But, you know, clearly there are people on the Jewish side of things, the Jewish creators who are have an issue with this and have problems with this. You're and- a Jewish journalist. Is there no um, line for you in terms of as long as the person can do a good job Is that all you care about? Do they have to be Jewish? Are there any roles where you think they must be Jewish? That's crazy. Okay. It's just this. It's the same thing with the gay and the straight
0: argument. Gay actors Mm -hmm. can play straight characters, just like straight actors can play gay characters. This is what acting is. You can play a non-Jew if you're a Jew. And, you know, if you're, you know, not a Jew, you can play a Jew. And the whole Jew face thing, it's like, it's not just like big noses are exclusive to Jews. Lots of people have big I
1: have a pronounced nose, yeah, sure. sure. I mean, to
0: deny the fact that, you know, a lot of people, I did grow up with a lot of Jews and there were a lot of big noses, you know? Like, uh, stereotypes are stereotypes because they're rooted in some sort of reality. Um, I just don't see what's disrespectful about this. As his own kid said, he had a nice big nose. That's part of his face. And whether Bradley, his own nose is closer to, you know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just part of how he saw the character. And our noses do get bigger as we get older. Yes, Everybody I've noticed it. that. And yes. and he's playing Bernsey into his you know later years. It would have been weird for him to have this big, bigger nose as he's older that grew out of what? This Bradley Cooper nose at the beginning of the movie? That doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. So I mean, yeah. we'll see in the long run what it means. I think the Kerry Mulligan thing is a bit more. Uh, of a logical controversy to me because I, I we've seen so many actors white actors play latin characters for decades wait, I wait, think,
0: this way john yeah. name a costa rican actress
1: uh i don't know but i can certainly take a look and if i would prepared yeah. for our role a little bit more i would have pick, picked one out for you for sure yeah but yeah well, well hold on jeff because th- that's I, I get your point and you're trying to win easy points on a two on a layup But actually, let me come up with a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar block on you here and say the reason you can't name any is because Hollywood has been racist towards casting Costa Rican actors and actresses and Latino actors and actresses for decades in this country so don't give me this shit that like there's no good quarter costa rican actresses around there are plenty it's the fact that they've never had opportunities to get into certain roles to be seen and highlighted so don't give me that shit then it's just like oh you can't name them therefore you know there's nobody else bullshit so uh, it's just a matter of opportunity that's the situation are you frozen right now or is your hands up like that permanently <laughs> i think it's oh my god isn't that a perfect jeff face that is a perfect Jeff face. Jeff froze. Jeff, come on back when you get to when you get back here, man. So you know, come on now, come on. Jeff had a stroke. <laughs> Jeff froze. Uh, anyway, well, Jeff, uh, come on back. Let me text him real quick uh, to come on back in. Uh, uh, come out and come back. Come out and come back in because he froze. Um... Maybe he got mad at my comment there about pushing back on it, but we shall see. Uh, anyway, well, let's uh, let's hit the um, let's hit one of these. So we'll see what happens. Of course, this is coming out later on this year. Maestro comes out in November uh, later on this year uh, at the uh, festivals, and then it'll come out on December 20th on Netflix. I did a uh, trailer reaction to that teaser trailer that it's up uh, that's up on the channel now. So if you guys want to watch that, uh, while Jeff is coming back in, his reminder to please subscribe to the channel down below and uh, hit that bell button so you see when we're dropping. Uh, new episodes of the hot mic when we have to change times like we did today. There you go. You're back again. What pretty- happened? <laughs> Barely the Costa Rican mob came after you, uh, Jeff. Yeah. For so yeah, exactly. Uh, um, all right. Well, let's move on to the next thing here, Jeff. Let's talk a little, let's, let's move off a controversial topic. Let's take a little breath here. And uh, Margot Robbie here making $50 million uh, for, for being a part of Barbie. Uh, you know, this is such an interesting thing going on. I'm sure Greta Gerwig is going to make millions of dollars of this. Do you think this is an appropriate amount for her to be making for a $1.2 billion movie? Or do you think this should be more? What are your thoughts on uh, hearing this news about uh, well, how much Margaret Robbie makes?
0: I can't believe I let you get the last word in on the
1: Carrie Mulligan
0: thing. <laughs> what do you, okay, fine. What's your comeback? I'll, my my <laughs> internet froze, but it's, it's about finding the best actress for the role. Okay? I agree.
1: It's also Mul- about creating an atmosphere where Costa Rican actresses can audition for roles, be cast in them, and it be okay with Hollywood, which has not been Let, the case.
0: You know what? Let them audition a thousand Costa Rican actresses. The Great. likelihood that they're going to find someone better than who's more talented than Carrie Mulligan is thin. That's what we can. but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Very xenophobic, but go ahead. Yes, go ahead margot robbie deserves every fucking red cent of this money are you kidding me <laughs> this was a fucking problem project Well, wow. that they had trouble developing that they did not know what to do with i mean fucking amy schumer was yeah. going to Barbie. can you do you think we're at a we're talking a billion dollars let alone two billion dollars like I think we're talking about 500 million dollars if it's Bar- if it's Amy Schumer. No, I think we're talking a flop if we're talking Amy Schumer to be honest. So, <laughs> Margot Robbie yeah. and it's not just what she does as Barbie and on the screen, you know, as an actress. Mm-hmm. She produced this movie. Yes, she did. Yes. Um, that's where I bet the, you know, if 20 to 30 million is her acting fee which is completely reasonable I mean, yeah. you look at Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds are getting fucking paid these days yeah I mean she has an Oscar nomination under her belt or, or two potentially I forget yeah um, yeah two I think it is but uh you know it's like if she's getting 20 to 30 just for acting then you know another 20 for producing is of course it's completely reasonable yeah, yeah. Um, she found she convinced Greta Gerwig to do this She bought into Greta's vision and, you know, protected her from the studio. I mean, Greta is not, you know, really, you know, I mean, I guess she did Little Women for Sony, but like, you know, she doesn't have a a ton of experience being a studio filmmaker, particularly on a piece of IP like this. um, That's really important not just to Warner Brothers, but to Mattel. So, right. I think that Margot really had to do a lot politically to get this movie to where it is and in the shape that it's in. Yeah. And she absolutely should be reaping the rewards and I hope Greta you know if not making
1: 50 is probably making between 20 and 25 I hope. Yeah, I mean look this is a an incredible thing. We've seen Jeff you and I we've been around the industry you a little bit longer than me but certainly we've seen or uh, you know a few years longer than me but we've seen certainly where people pay lip service to this idea of female Empowerment, right? And we see actresses go, you know, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And then they're working for six male actors directors, or they're hiring male directors. This is a woman who has uh, uh, Margot Robbie, who through her Lucky Chap Entertainment label has produced promising young woman, birds of prey, made, and now Barbie. So, I mean, this is a very strong track record of a woman who wants to work with women. She walks the walk and talks the talk, and that is a good thing overall. to me is on the low end of what she should be getting for this because she's such a marvelous part of this movie as a producer, as an actress. But, you know, that's how this goes and how the current uh, negotiation system is set up. But this was not a three-picture deal or, you know, if this launches a franchise. So she's going to get really, really paid the second time around when they do a sequel to this, if they even do a sequel to this. But look, just as what it is now... She deserves an incredible amount of credit for the success of this. and from the reports coming out, it is now bested the Dark Knight. It is on its way to getting close to Harry Potter level uh, and even close to um uh, Top Gun Maverick level here. so this is incredible film to be doing this so quickly uh Jeff, in its run, don't you think it's
0: uh, absolutely I mean and it's it seems insane yes, that Warner Brothers announced didn't it announce a decision that it's going to max soon? yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> Have you ever heard of like I don't know pivot, like you know changing, adapting your business plan? Yeah. D- due to circumstances, like what are you doing putting this movie on home video right now? That would that is that would be a bad decision. Um, uh, I, you know, I did want to back up because yeah, one go of the, ahead. okay. So before we end the maestro
1: conversation. Oh wow, we're still talking about this. Okay, go but, ahead. Yes, but, but this is different. Okay. Do you remember?
0: two weeks on, ago on this show oh you getting me I, in trouble? I said that I had heard something yes. and I didn't want to share it because it was
1: mean oh do you remember that um I don't but you tell me that all the time so <laughs> <not a> <laughs> so what is what is the thing that's mean that you didn't want to share two weeks ago
0: but you can share now what is well, that? I wanted to share it in lieu of all this, like, you know, maestro and, and talk. Ah, you know, yes, and yes. I think, you know, I, I want to see it. Uh, sure. I, I think a Star Wars was my favorite movie of the year that it came out. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to Bradley Cooper's follow up. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm told by good source that internally, this movie is not well liked.
1: Oh, no.
0: At Netflix. And that Bradley Cooper oh. thinks he's made a masterpiece
1: oh no
0: so it, it's oh, like very it's just in I mean and again that's why you know we'll, we'll, we'll see what's what's soon enough but like yeah I've heard Netflix is not very confident uh, in 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 this movie or its awards chances that's and, and, and and personally and and again this is we've been talking about the controversy of the nose yeah, and, yeah. You know, uh, mulligan's nationality I don't know who this movie's for okay I don't know why like yeah. Le- the story of Leonard Bernstein and, and his relationship with, with Felicia, like this is not uh, something that I think most people care about. Um, and, and I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to have a real impact this season.
1: I think this is a film you make to win awards, right? And I think Apple TV winning a best picture has kind of lit a fire under a lot of these streamers' asses because they want to be able to have that kind of credibility as well. And so this is a film you greenlight. You know, remember, the Bernstein family turned down the Jake Gyllenhaal offer, who is Jewish, and wanted to do it his way. They went with Bradley Cooper, probably because they felt he had the right pedigree. I'm sure Netflix went this route as well because they felt he had the right pedigree because a star is born. So the fact that he might be blinded uh, to how bad the film might be or uh, not to 100% what it should be because he thinks it's a masterpiece – This could be a real interesting situation down the road because if the film comes out and gets negative reviews like Blonde got, like some of Mank got, even though Mank got nominations, this could be something that is an internal thing with Netflix where they're not making the right decisions when it comes to these prestigious films. And it could be a situation where Bradley has to defend himself, not only from the Jew face stuff. Now, uh, if the film comes out and it's not good or not well received, and we're going to find out in November when it drops in the festivals, yeah. this could dent his image as a prestige filmmaker. Man,
0: again, yeah, I don't know if he's made a quote unquote bad movie. Right, know, right, right. Hard time buying that. Okay, but it may just be that the awards people just don't feel like they have a real confident hand to play. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I've, I've heard things, just rumblings from within. Yeah. They're like, you know. Yeah, I, I think that I think it was very telling, and I think people did read into this a yeah. little bit uh, that yeah. it's not going to Toronto. Oh. It's and and it's not doing Ride either. It's going to Venice, right? Um, which is a little bit different. To a European audience, right? So it's, it's going, going to, to Venice and, and then New York Film Festival, right? Um, yeah, I don't. Know. I, I'm not someone who reads into the birth. What festival you're at? And are you closing night or opening night? And what does this say about this? Like. I just, like, in general, as a reporter, whether it was Bradley Cooper directing it or Steven Spielberg or whether it was Jake Gyllenhaal playing him or whatever, I was just, like, Gershwin, w- whether it's the Gershwin stuff or Bernstein, who cares? Like, Mozart and Beethoven, that's one thing, and I get that these guys are sort of our modern-day versions of, of, you know, or you know, Bernstein, yeah. but, like, yeah. or Sondheim, I don't know. Like, just this is a this is not going to be a big movie.
1: Okay, all right. All right. Good to know. Good to know about that situation uh, uh, overall. But uh, yeah, I, I hope it's a good one. But if it isn't, I'm going to be real sad because I like uh, Bernstein. Obviously, I grew up on West Side Story, the original. So I, that's why I knew Leonard Bernstein. And then I guess Jerry, it's Bernstein. Stein. I guess someone's saying Bernstein. Sorry, Bernstein. Yeah, I don't mean to dead name him. Yeah, Bernstein. I apologize. But yeah, this is something that I'm looking forward to and hoping it's good. And, you know, putting aside the Carey Mulligan issues and whatever, yeah. I, I still want to have a good movie and enjoy this interpretation. But I mean, I, I, I liked what we got in the trailer, um, but you could see it going awry. And you ask who this is for. I mean, who was a person who created the nuclear bomb for? How many people were clamoring for a 1940s film about a guy with mental health issues who ends up creating a bomb that destroys? I guess a-
0: that's fair. You, you know i guess what
1: I'm, like, I'm just um, saying, how, how many people yeah, were looking for that? You
0: know? I'm looking forward to this movie. I just... And yep. I, I didn't share this two weeks ago because I did feel like it was kind of mean and yeah. unnecessary. But now that I've like seen the teaser and there's all this stuff in the air about it and we're talking about it, I was like, eh, all right, I'll let it.
1: <laughs> uh, well, going back to the Barbie thing, um, it is, you're right, it is set to arrive on digital on September 5th, which is two, about two, two and a half weeks away, Jeff, which is kind of crazy. It's available for pre-order on Amazon for $19.99 already. 19.99. dollars So, I mean, why would you do this? Isn't this shooting yourself in the foot? Wouldn't you want it to have it run as long as possible? Or do they think the fall season will eventually turn on Barbie? Or do they see the numbers slowing down on the box office situation? I mean,
0: that's what numbers do, generally. They
1: they slow down, you know. (laughs) That's when you open
0: like Barbie did. Uh, So that's going to happen. I I don't know if it's just like, you know, we want to still – like we've made more money in our wildest dreams than we thought we were going to make on Barbie. Now let's use it to boost subscriptions on max and, and, you know, maybe it gets a stock bump. I don't, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I guess. I just don't see the logic in that at all.
1: Um, all right. We're at uh, let's, let's do one more story here and then we'll come back and do some uh, stream labs and super chats. Don't forget the Streamlabs super chats are open. Stream labs address right there above Jeff's heads. Also in the description of the video. I'll pin it in the chat in just a second. Let's move on. Uh, fuck, I want to skip over the next thing because I want to spend more time on that. All right, this article about TSG and Disney. Uh, Jeff, this came out uh, that uh, TSG, after investing $3.3 billion in well over 100 films at 20th Century Fox and 20th Century Studios, including the Avatar sequel, has reportedly filed a breach of contract lawsuit accusing Disney of using Hollywood accounting tricks to cheat it out of hundreds of millions of dollars they allege that disney is engaged in self-dealing by diverting fox films from a lucrative hbo license to its own disney plus and hulu platforms they had an independent audit of three films including the shape of water which won best picture and revealed it's owed more than 40 million just from those films alone so a lot of people are comparing this to the scarlett johansson lawsuit what are your thoughts on this and how much is this going to damage Disney financially when you're looking at, at a company that's invested $3.3 billion and wants a return on that investment? Uh,
0: I just think that this is like – this is not the way Hollywood helps itself by ripping off mm. financiers. You want to attract money yeah. into the industry. You want these rich oil barons and you know tech people to come in and put money into the industry, but you have to – you know you ha- they have to feel like they're getting a return on their investment and yeah, so totally. many of these people come to Hollywood and they say, all right, I'm gonna finance a slate they make some, some sort of slate financing deal with the studio yeah and, and even if they are successful and it's obviously very you know more movies are probably not financially successful than are right yes if you have one huge hit it makes up for it. Uh, but like, you know, the studios do the accounting in a way that it just screws some of these financiers. Yeah. So whether it's TSG, which is, you know, alleging self-dealing here as with like the Avatar sequel. So like they're getting a cut of this, uh, of, you know, like the, the secondary licensing rights. But then, you know, in order for, you know, because they uh, wanted to put it on Disney plus, right. right, Movies already supposed to go to HBO max. So, so it's like they had to, um, you know, they got like a sweet, they basically gave themselves like a sweetheart deal and then yeah. didn't factor in that sweetheart deal into what it pays TSG. So TSG is the one taking it on the chin. Yeah. They're the one paying for that sweetheart deal, really. Um, yeah. So it's just like, this is bad business. Same thing with Braun. Braun Studios, oh, yeah. they're, they're needed to be on everything, particularly, you know, over at Warner Brothers. They financed Joker. Joker made a billion dollars. Didn't yeah. cost a lot. Like Braun should be doing very well. Braun went bankrupt a few weeks ago. Okay, so I'm not accusing Warner Brothers of, you know, fucking with with them or anything. You know, it may have just been a series of some bad bets over there. But like this is not what you want. You want Braun and TSG and these companies to stick around for 20, 25 years, not flame out after five, you know, and sue you after 10. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. It's all so with the strikes happening uh, at the same time as all this stuff is happening and coming out. I mean, it just shows you that there is. What's the end goal here? What's the end game of all of this, Jeff? Because the studios are going to, you know, like Charlton Heston, you you have to pry their books out of their cold, dead hands before they open them. But what is the breaking point at some point where you have to actually expose what's been going on with these studios, how they've been manipulating the money, and do we have to suffer like tobacco company level kind of lawsuits before they finally stop double dealing like this and uh, expose more of the stuff that's going on and get people paid correctly about all of this. I mean, how much more can they penny pinch to the point where they're, they're alienating their workforce, they're pissing off the people who are supposed to create this product, and now uh, uh, shortchanging the people who are s- financing these projects? Like, it just makes no sense to keep doing it this way. Eventually, something's got to break, don't you think? There's, there's
0: incredible largesse on the part of studios. You know, they, they, they think it takes an army. Yeah. I mean, you've been on some of these studio lots. Like, yes, they're really necessary. Last wow. night, I checked in for a, a press screening, or maybe it wasn't last night. It was, you know, earlier this week. Checked mm-hmm. in for a press screening. You know how many people were there? How many? Six publicists. Wow. What do you need six publicists for? <laughs> Two tables. Put, you know, I mean, it's just like. It's it's like when you just see people standing around, like movie theater employees just standing mm. around, basically, and it's like, could you get back there and help? Like, look at this line. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, like, I don't know, man. Like, What do you need all these all these people for? Studios waste so much money. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it goes both ways, you know, because if they're going to be paying out more, people are going to lose their jobs. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting how it pairs down. And, you know, with WB, what they did, just cutting and cutting and cutting these studios more and more. We, hear, we talked about last week with Iger and Apple, the idea of Iger trying to sell off certain parts of Disney uh, in order to make themselves possibly more appealing to Apple so they can cover their largesse, as you said. Um, this is something that we're going to see happen more and more. You know? And I think there should be more exposés of this coming out. There should be deeper investigations of this stuff coming out. It's but,
0: insane that, that movies like Harry Potter or yeah. franchises like Harry Potter have not made their money back or Ben yeah. and hasn't made its money. Like, What are you talking about?
1: Or Forrest Gump. Hank, that was like my first initiation to the Hank saying that he never made a dime on Forrest Gump because the studio keeps claiming they lose money on that film, which is insane. But it's tough, though, when you've got something like Penske Media owning all of these uh, outlets and these outlets who would normally investigate this kind of stuff have to stay buddy-buddy with the studio so people will click on their link. So it's it's kind of, you know, I feel like it's imploding upon itself, Jeff. It seems. I got to tell you,
0: though, like...
1: Some of it is about
0: the the entertainment press corps that that you have. Yeah. So when I was at Variety, I worked with Rachel Abrams, and Rachel Abrams was a great financial reporter who could mm-hmm. get, who could get that kind of stuff. And that now she's at the New York Times. I mean, I I, right. I don't know another entertainment reporter who's made that kind of leap. Yeah. Necessarily. Um. And, and it's just like I don't know that there is a reporter out there who could get financial documents and get looks into some of these books and actually prove some of the things that you know i feel very comfortable alleging uh here on this podcast um, i mean it, it just you're right how hollywood is accounting hollywood accounting is like a disease that's plagued the industry and the city for for ages and you're right that the government should really step in and look at this shit because it is getting laughable
1: yeah absolutely absolutely i mean and uh, where are the bloombergs where are the yahoo new where are these people who normally kind of expose where's the gq where's the vanity fair where are these reporters that used to be able to do these incredible dossiers exposing the uh the corruption going on at these companies They're yeah they're doing me too
0: stories and time's up stories and and yeah. you know that kind of stuff which is great you know like yeah, we, yeah, obviously yeah. Reporters, you know exposing that kind of stuff don't get me wrong right. but like right. That is where those the money to do those sort of larger investigations go. It's you know, and it's yeah. it's follow the bad behavior and less follow the money these days.
1: Right. And look, people. I see this comment from Michael Torrell for the third. I want to bring this up, saying the United States government. Yes, they're a massive business. Okay, Warner Brothers is not owning a black box theater doing one one uh, one man shows uh, there on a Saturday night. They're a massive business. All these studios or massive business on the scale of regular companies that you don't associate with making fairy tale fantasy movies, they're on that level. So therefore, yes, the United States government, like they would do with US steel or coal or oil, absolutely, or gas, absolutely has to look into this stuff and see what's going on here. Because if there's corruption, that means there's money being withheld from the US government that they deserve. So that's another part of this. As well, so yes, the government should absolutely be taking a look. At yeah, if products. no one, if there's no president
0: of Hollywood who can sort of get a studio to open its books, yeah, and explain to me how Men in Black has not made its money back, um, you know, like right. yeah, the go- then it would have to be the government, the IRS, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And I think that would be the dangerous part. Michael follows up by saying, I get that it's the same government that is pro-business for decades for sure. Yeah. You want to foster business, but it's the Republicans who kind of push the pro-business Democrats, maybe not so much overall, though some do for sure. So you'd have to find the right balance before they finally take a look at the studios uh, for sure. So we'll see. But anyway, let's take a quick break. Then we'll jump into your stream labs and super chats uh, when we come back right after this. All right, there's 500 of you watching us right now on, the, on this afternoon here on Thursday. We appreciate it madly. Please make sure you hit a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. Really, the number one thing, subscribe to the channel. Uh, keep sending in your Streamlabs and super chats as we go along. Jeff, let's get into some of these uh, real quick here as uh, to hear from our uh, viewers and what their thoughts are on, on this kind of thing. Wiley Todd asking, sending in my weekly support. Have you guys seen the movie Across the Universe? Thoughts?
0: Yeah, I saw it. Better soundtrack than it was a movie.
1: (laughs) I will agree it has a good soundtrack. It's a good bunch of music videos that aren't held together by a it should have been held together by a stronger through line, stronger plot lines overall but there's some damn good performances. The Hey Jude is is absolutely a banger of a performance in that film but overall it wasn't strong enough and this is why the director of the film who also did Titus and also did Lion King on Broadway doesn't direct movies much anymore, so Uh, Mike Joy says, Jeff, I saw Blackberry and Sympathy for the Devil based on your recommendation, and I love them. Got any more hidden gems to recommend, Jeff? Ooh, hidden gems.
0: Uh, You know, okay, because you use the word hidden gems, I really think that The Jewel Thief on Hulu was a a very interesting documentary. Yeah. Um, Just like a a little nerdy dude who was out there running all sorts of scams. Yeah. Um, uh, Another, like, I mean, I guess just... uh,
1: theater camp maybe is that that's out now yeah sure is that a hidden gem i really
0: think theater camp was hilarious
1: can i throw one in um for those of you who like documentaries on netflix we watched the deepest breath this week about the young woman who was a free diver and the accident that happened with the gentleman who was training her it's an awesome documentary so incredibly well directed if you want to watch something if you're into free diving or don't know anything about it it'll work for you and you'll enjoy it it's so well done uh, peter says with uh, uh, with the talk around sandra bullock what's your least favorite oscar winning performance mine has to be renee zellweger and cold mountain that was embarrassing yeah jeff um i guess we can use to talk about a little bit the michael Orr controversy blindside controversy he is now claiming that the Tuies, the family here never officially adopted him only were his conserve conservators and now he wants money there's conflicting reports back and forth that he turned down money he's claiming that he doesn't remember signing something, and so there's a lot of different points of views on this. But then, bubbling up under the surface was the, some articles coming out saying that people wanted Sandra Bullock to hand her Oscar back to the Academy for portraying this tui woman. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And then, what are your thoughts on the worst or least favorite Oscar winning performance?
0: I don't know that I have. A, I'm, I'm, I really I'm stumped as far as the least favorite. I would need like a whole list of of. I'll tell you my least favorite nomination, which is the Johnny Depp, Jack Sparrow. I cannot believe he oh, got nominated wow. for Harris of the Caribbean. I can't wow. believe that. Okay. Uh, like, that's just wild to me. Um, but the Or, I mean, that's a tricky one. I don't know who to believe there. I don't yeah. know if it, if it really is like, well, they didn't actually adopt me and they screwed me and they just, you know, wanted to make money off me. Or if it was like, you know, maybe it wasn't signed, but like you were our son and... Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't try to screw you we we, we loved you and yeah it, as it turns out you know you you made it the nfl you play for four or five years that's how long yep. these guys typically play i'm yep. gonna have a 20 to 30 year speaking career because yep. of this movie and this story and yeah we have made a lot of money off of it You know, i just I, I don't know who to believe
1: in. yeah it,
0: um, it's tough do I think yeah do i think sandra bull should give her oscar back that's Obviously ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, she gave the performance. She's—I mean—the people voted for. Even if the story isn't true, like again, why do we need this? Do, did she only win because it was a true story, and we could all feel good Maybe. about ourselves for voting Maybe. for her? Like
1: I don't know. And now that it's
0: not true, really we feel like cheated. I, I don't get it. Uh, I, it doesn't matter to me whether something's like—and it was a true story. Like,
1: <laughs> I like the follow-up that someone tweeted out. I can't remember who it was It tweeted out saying, they should do a follow-up movie where we expo- where we show the darker underbelly of this relationship and everything went down. I was like, that might be a great way to kind of solve the situation uh, to show what this woman was really like and challenge Sandra Bullock to play a villain, an overt villain in a movie. That could be really interesting. The famous both sides
0: from Snyder, says all in the game. You got to love that one. How dare someone have be able to think like – and hold two things at the same time. We're living in a black and white world. Snyder thinks in gray.
1: <laughs> Great, dude. Toto Dal Dundee says, "Hey, just want to say I love you guys and thank you for an amazing weekly show. My favorite content on YouTube. Thank you, Toto Dal. Very kind of you." Skyfree underscore exc says, "Love the show, guys. I just really want to hear Jeff say he looks like a ghoul one more time, please. No Matt Smith has Reed Richards for me either. The guy looks." like a ghoul okay <laughs> not gabagool
0: a ghoul gabagool. um but i did want to say i yes. so i thought about you know the the reed richards thing for the last couple of weeks okay want to see now that we're, we we're like
1: who do you want to play this guy because i have i have thought about my guy so i love how you love to spring shit on me and then expect me to come up with it and i look like an idiot okay, I'll you, it.
0: You can go ahead
1: better. you go first The more I think about it, because, you know, we did
0: an interview this week uh, with an Emmy-nominated director. Above the um, Line did. Yeah, Above the Line. Yeah, of a show called Ted Lasso. Whoa! And I'm like, Sudeikis, if we're talking about Vanessa Kirby and Joseph Quinn being cast, right? Shut your mouth.
1: What? What? You don't think he would make a great Reed Richards, Jason Sudeikis? Especially with what I know about what went on behind the scenes on season three of Ted Lasso, and I know about it. No, I don't want That's him. Anyone no.
0: He's entitled. He's entitled to do whatever the fuck he wants. As far as I'm he's concerned. entitled to do it, I he don't want him. Want his show however, the fuck he wants. When he steps sure. into the Marvel universe, he's not gonna. It's not gonna be like that. Okay, right. I, 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 <coughs> I could totally see the hair. I think he's funny. I think you need an element of humor. I think That's he's right. great with Brits. These, you know, we're talking about Vanessa Kirby, <laughs> Jason Sudeikis. <and laughs>
1: It's, it's just like,
0: you
1: know. Uh, <laughs> <I don't. laughs> no, man. He doesn't genius. He doesn't radiate You? No, not Jason Sudeikis. You know who would be fun, but they won't do it? And you mentioned okay. him already two weeks ago. Evan Moss Bachrock. A- a- after that second season of as, the ball. As Reed Richards? As Reed Richards. Because that guy is intelligent. That guy has a strong energy and presence to him. We, and I, I think he's come into his own even more so recently. And I think it'd be a lot of fun to play that. So yeah, just throwing it out there. It'll probably end up being Krasinski. I'm telling you right now, they're going to work all the way back around to Krasinski, which is going to be crazy uh, at the end. So we'll see. Would you, do, would you do Bill Hader? As Reed Richards? No. Even though I love Bill. I love Bill Hader. You can't get away from the comic thing. You just can't. And Reed is not known for telling yuck, yuck jokes, man. It's not really the same kind of vibe. No, you need someone serious. Cooper would have been a great choice if he wasn't already fucking Rocket Raccoon.
0: Okay.
1: Or Rocket. Uh, Owen Landing says, if I'm James Gunn, I'm putting Glenn Howerton in the DC as a villain. After Blackberry, he is far more than the always the sunny guy. So, uh, Jeff, thoughts on that?
0: I completely agree. Uh, they. I'll, I'll tell you what. I have heard through the grapevine that uh, – Okay. They're gonna push him, really? Or for BlackBerry for an Oscar?
1: You get nominated? Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. There, there's going to be a campaign uh, for for Glenn Howerton. Interesting. In that movie. Sorry,
1: I've got like a little peanut in the back of my throat, guys. I can uh, hear it in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. What about <laughs> uh, what about him? What about him for Reed Richards? No. Glenn
0: Howerton? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He seems a little a little.
1: I don't know dev patel is the choice dev patel is the choice uh peter says uh, wait, wait what about henry cavill what i mean isn't that a way to walk into the marvel universe to play reed richards he is the hus- he is british just like vanessa and so i'm just saying it reed could be richards, a- he's not built like superman yeah uh, you tell me you can't slim down henry got big for the role Henry can slim down. Henry would be an interesting choice. Put some glasses on him. Get a little Clark Kent vibe. Messing around with Reed Richards. I'm just, I'm just saying. Peter says Aubrey Plaza is half Puerto Rican. Maybe she could have played her, but no, she doesn't look like. Um... It's Costa Rican. <laughs> yeah, it's Costa Rican. Right, exactly. Robert, what? what? <laughs> Why are you doing your Harry carry It's Costa Rican, man. Um, Robert Giaquinta says, Any interest in landscape with invisible hand? Had no idea it was coming out this weekend. I like Corey Finley's previous work. I'm not aware of this. I was sent a screening for this. I had no idea who this was, so I didn't watch it. What are your thoughts on this? This is an
0: interesting, watchable movie that is not good. Okay. Uh, first of all, I mean, it, I, I still can't believe that they did not change the title. I Landscape mean, with Invisible. Hands. I, you guys should have seen Frosty and I after this screening at Sundance because the publicist like cornered us and asked what we thought, and we're like, "Listen, you know X, Y, and Z," but like this title is maybe the worst title in the history of fucking cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Who is going to see a movie called Landscape with Invisible Hand? Yeah. Uh, like again, it, it's it's a very weird fucking movie. I mean, it's yeah. like aliens. It's like an alien invasion thing, and um, they watch us for their own entertainment and it's bizarre but uh t- tiffany haddish josh hamilton are really good um i just can't recommend it
1: and this is the guy who directed bad education which i thought was a really good film really with, good. Um, yeah with hugh jackman and Alison and, Janney,
0: who, and
1: right and two episodes of we crashed so it's clearly a good director you know talented guy um yeah just
0: bit off a little more than he could chew i think with this one this is i mean this was going to be tricky for anybody like mm-hmm. balancing tones and genres and shit in this fair enough
1: wasn't Anya taylor joy in thoroughbreds is that the one i'm thinking of yes yeah and olivia cook all right olivia cook is great jughead once says hi john and jeff looking forward to seeing blue beetle this weekend love and respect from the uk my brothers yeah jeff 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 the reviews have been great jeff it's in 85 87 percentile over on rotten tomatoes it's good stuff jeff it's good stuff
0: Why don't you give us your your review? I mean... Not yet.
1: We're going to lead to that. Not yet. Uh, J. Scott Friel said, Howdy, gents uh, from The Attic. What's up, Scotty? Have you discussed the Tron Aries director's Instagram vent slash rant? Do his comments cause more harm or good? Yeah, Jeff, did you see this uh, this week? I I left it off the run now, but we can certainly uh, talk about it if you want. What did you think of these comments from Joachim I mean, I get it. Listen,
0: everyone's frustrated. Everyone's entitled to take to social media and, and they're going to vent their frustrations. That's what we do. That's what it's there for. And yeah. if I was a director of a huge fucking movie who's been prepping it for the last year and we're, we're about to shoot it next week, and it's like, ah, we, we you know, now it's all going to fall apart and I got to send 150 crew members home because the actors are still on strike. I mean, it's not the actors' fault. I don't think you can blame them. No. The no, AMPTP no. is the one driving the hard bargain or whatever. But, uh, yeah yeah it sucks so my heart goes out to him it goes out more to the 150 crew members yeah um
1: who were laid off frankly yeah.
0: you know part my personal opinion of it all is that disney probably shouldn't have been even making this movie in the first place
1: how dare you keep it down man yeah uh, he, he, this were his comments the amptp sag after and wga need to speed up the negotiation process and not leave the table until it's done this is hollywood we close deals for breakfast baby Why do we suddenly have all the time in the world when every day is so precious? He goes on to say that everything is frustrating about this. Uh, It's time for diplomacy so we can get back to work. But he also chimes in about AI saying it does need to be regulated. There's no doubt about the threat uh, that technology poses to all creatives. So staying on that wavelength, but basically just saying he wants everybody to get back to work so figure this shit out, basically is what he's saying. So, you know, not a negative. John, if nothing glowed in this movie, right? If nothing glowed, would, would
0: anybody give a shit? Like, isn't that the whole like? That's like the whole franchise is just glowing shit, right? It I'm, looks I'm not gonna, cool.
1: I'm not cool gonna. lights, cool music. Who cares about anything else? It speaks to technology, man. We're obsessed with technology. It speaks to technology, for God's sakes.
0: And and I get you know the idea of a walking sentient AI that escapes yeah. you know into the the real world is an interesting the commentary. Idea. I just like it's you know like I wrote on the site this week I don't think that the Tron franchise is the right vehicle for that idea because well, it, yeah. it makes it too expensive uh, how do you make this movie I mean I don't know what the budget of this one is or if it's more or less than than Tron legacy but you have to account for covid costs now which could sure. add you know up to 15 to 30 million dollars to a budget or whatever the last one's got to 400 million are we living in the same marketplace where this one could get to 400 million yeah well, or you question. know I just don't see how this makes money for them.
1: Yeah. It would have to be like a Matrix-type level movie that no one saw coming as a third installment in a franchise that has very much been a niche franchise. Like every one of those films has not come out and been a massive box office success, either Legacy or the original Tron. So it would have to be something that really kind of shocked people in its creativity and its story and its uh, ability to really – uh, affect people as they were watching it and i don't know necessarily if that would be the situation in the end with it especially with leto well, especially with that
0: director yeah. So. Yeah. Like, yeah like leto like really and and it wasn't a big part of that second one like all right i want to see like a de-aged jeff bridges and then the continuation of that oh character. yeah 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 like yeah. you take him out of it if, he, if he's not coming back we don't know if any of the legacy right. people are coming back right. um maybe he is but He's not coming back. Like, again, why do I care? Like, I just—why are we making this story for a hundred? Why can't it just be called Aries, yeah. and it's about yeah. a fucking thing that comes, you know? And it's, an and off- it's instead of one hundred fifty million dollars, it costs seventy-five. Like, that's the yeah. problem with studios: is we always have to make it bigger to in order to justify even making it in the first place. And if we can make it part of a franchise, even better. Yeah. But if the returns are four hundred million, you got to make that movie for less than one fifty.
1: Yeah, it's good point good point i mean look at the creator 87 million and it's getting a lot of buzz already right. from people who watch this trailers
0: yeah right. it, it, and, and again if they came back and said jeff tron aries actually is going to cost 90 million i would say okay that's a good investment
1: yeah yeah i would agree with that
0: but i have a hard time buying it
1: i don't know how you do that movie for 90 million to be honest with you because of where you're setting it. um all right let's hit some of these stream labs and then we'll move on to some more topics love said have you heard any movement on the remake of the hundred-year-old man who climbed out the window and disappeared Last I heard, Will Ferrell was going to both star and produce it with Adam McKay and Jason George wow. from Narcos are set to write the screenplay. I don't think that's happening. Is it, Joe? You don't think that what?
0: Aren't they that's still fighting,
1: true. Ferrell and McKay? So how would they work together on something?
0: I mean, you know, maybe contractually or whatever, but no, I haven't heard about that project since it was first announced, along with, a, you know, a zillion other projects like yeah. that. These these. I mean, A Man Named Otto did get made last year or whatever, but um, what was that movie? Tony Erdman, right? Tony Erdman was going to be like, you know, Jack Nicholson and Kristen Wiig or whatever, you know, like that. These things just get announced and they disappear.
1: The remake of a great German film. Uh, Love said, do you think Apple will move Masters of the Air to 2024 because of the strike? Kind of feels
0: like it. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of promotion, and I feel like you wouldn't start to see something like that by now um yeah. it might be for the best yeah to hold it they have so many shows coming yeah so many <laughs> okay i sampled a few of them uh, i'm sure they're under embargo so i can't reveal what they were but um
1: yeah that's not great greg oh, mont Mark. says hey Roka, good to you. hear oh, sorry go ahead yeah uh greg mont says hey Roka, good to hear blue beetle is doing good i plan on going in support because you've stood up for diversity in films, especially for black talent. Sure. I would feel guilty not supporting a Latino led film. Uh, thoughts on the Alabama brawl, LOL. Oh, we talked about it last week, which I misspoke and said it was the Mississippi brawl. It was the Alabama brawl. Uh, but I think we covered it. Do you have anything new you want to throw in on that?
0: No, this is a okay. very minor. Th- I don't even understand how we're. this is still coming up.
1: Uh, Greg also said, I want to give Snyder his flowers. You may not hear it enough, but what you do is much appreciated. I've seen too many other channels eating off your work. That's for sure, Jeff. That's for sure, Jeff. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, only I had to monetize me, guys. I'd be a rich man. <laughs> Everyone else.
1: <laughs> two Dope Boys says, are there plans for you two to do any more extended spoiler reviews together like you did for The Many Saints of Newark, The Matrix Resurrections, and Scream 5? Um, wow. Yeah, Jeff and I have kicked around the idea, but I don't know if there's necessarily the plans. Jeff? I'm yours whenever you want, buddy. You say that. You say that. Greg Mott well, says, the as irony as of Barbie... D- check. <laughs> What's that? What's that?
0: <laughs> as long as you cut it, the occasional check, I'll keep Yes, of course. Of course.
1: Uh, Greg Mott says, the irony of Barbie delivering WB, its highest grossing film of the year while coddling The Flash for three years. David Zasloff doesn't deserve this win, but Margot does.
0: Oh, they coddled it. They were coddling The Flash. Can, can this person even explain what that means? <laughs> What does that mean?
1: Well, the, essentially, they were saying that they shepherded this thing, promoted this thing, didn't take him off of it, and then released it. Um, they they, they, the they spent
0: $200 million. million dollars. Then they had the gall to market it. Then they <laughs> had the gall not to reshoot it and pull this guy out of the movie. Like, what? Who is this person?
1: I, it's Greg Mons. Uh Doug Developer wants to know, uh, hey, guys, in light of the bo- blindside news, if you were to find yourself in hell, which of the following movies would you play on a loop? The Blind Side, Crash, Green Book, Driving Miss Daisy. Which film would be the most tolerable and which would be the most would, worst experience?
0: I mean, Green Book is probably the most tolerable um, just because it has a little bit of humor in it. Mm. Crash, crash might be tough, uh, a, a tough watch over and over. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I'd say the blind side would be the hell movie. To, I hated that movie, and I never understood why it got but this mind. is a movie to get you through hell. No, no, both. Get you through, and which would be the worst? Oh. Okay. So for me, the worst would be the blind side. The one that would be most tolerable? Uh, maybe a tie between Crash and Driving Miss Daisy? You know, I don't know. That's my thoughts. I like Driving Miss Daisy. God An odd me. question god forgive me alan said what are your thoughts on I Rachel?" Zegler- i'm imagining our that listener just sitting here watching that
0: podcast being like jeez i wonder if these guys were in hell what they'd not want to watch <laughs> like,
1: what i'm not making fun he paid uh alan said what are your thoughts on rachel zegler's comments slash interviews about snow white's live action movie i think it is a damn shame not having prince charming or seven dwarves in this movie in her interview she sounds so arrogant and even jokes about the prince being cut out of the movie Uh, Because that's Hollywood, baby. So let's use this as a launching point for this topic, because we did have it on the rundown, Jeff. Um, What are your thoughts on the controversy around this? I rewatched her comments. They are flippant. For someone who has not established themselves as a box office star, she, and I get it, I mean, I think for the first time ever, watching her reaction to these comments, she was clearly up her own ass a little bit too much. And having Gal Gadot egging her on, who's also a bit too much up of her ass too much, was not the best situation. So I, I, this is an odd reaction. I get it. You want to do a pro-feminist movie, I think it's great. Nothing wrong with that. Good angle. But to shit on the original the way she did and to have that backlash, it's not doing anybody any favors, I think, in the long run. What do you think about it? It's much ado about nothing? It's much, it is
0: much ado about nothing, other than you... It, it definitely proves my point, which I've been saying for years. You now, have, yes, I know. About this particular actress. These are not flippant comments. Yeah. She just sucks as a person. She just sucks. What do you want me to say?
1: Yeah, I know. I, I was really surprised <laughs> by
0: it. Flippant comments. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, you know, it's oh, J- Jeff Snyder, everything he tweets, you know, the guy's just, this is an asshole ish comment. What an asshole thing. To say. Maybe I'm just a dick. Maybe that's just me. You know, I'm not trying to be an asshole. This is just how I think. And that's just how she is, you know? Yeah. Let me tell you, I got... So our our famed very good source uh, Mm -hmm. dropped in with a note about that.
1: About the Snow White thing? Okay. (laughs) What did they say? (laughs)
0: Rachel Zegler needs to shut up. I like her. Yeah. But shut up. Sean Bailey could not... Do you guys know who Sean Bailey is? Explain. Explain for people who don't. He's like, you know, like, the the guy overseeing Snow White at Disney. He's the Disney executive. Sean Bailey could not have chosen two more annoying people to throw together on a press tour than Rachel Zegler and Gal Gadot. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with that. I thought that was fucking hilarious. (laughs) Right. These two are like it's not that they're bad actresses. Well. It's that they're just annoying. These are annoying actresses. I never understood the Anne Hathaway thing. I love Annie Hathaway. I love her. I, do. I don't know why people think she's so annoying, but you know, people, certain people get on your nerves. Rachel Zegler yeah. Yeah. gets on my fucking nerves.
1: Yeah, she she never got on my nerves till I read. Well, not even get on my nerves, but watching her react. I mean, there was just a flippancy for someone who is like really not made money in Hollywood, uh, leading anything because West Side Story didn't make money. Shazam 2 crashed and burned. Uh, and I, you know, I just don't see, I don't understand the hubris. I don't understand the hubris overall. Do I think she's talented? Absolutely. Do I think she can sing like a motherfucker? Absolutely. Yeah. But to make those kinds of comments like what's 91937 and what then supposed
0: to say though, like if that if that is her thing where it's like we're making this more feminist talent, and you're yeah. right. It's no white. It's just about, you know, getting kissed by a prince or whatever the fuck it is, right. you know, like I understand that our fairy tales are problematic and that she's sure social justice warrior by pointing out that they're problematic and correcting it going forward. But again, she's just annoying about it. It's the way you go about things. I'm still going to see The Hunger Games. I think that looks really good. Yeah, It's not that I'm not going to go see Rachel Zegler's movies, but like every single interview with her is fucking cringe to the max.
1: Well, and I think you look at the way Kay Cannon um, and Camila Cabello handled doing their version of Cinderella, right? That was also an updated... Um, uh, approach, more feminist approach. She was a girl boss. That's what they wanted. And the way they went about speaking about it, they didn't shit on the original one. They just said, we want to take a new direction. We want to update it for 2023. We found elements of the original that just felt like they were of that time, but we want to move on. Now, this is not me saying everybody needs to count out these these mouthy women. That's not what I'm saying at all. I I love the fact that there are outspoken women in the world. The lady hello is no wallflower, but I think there are ways of doing this. When you want to get people into the theater, when you want to get people to watch your movie, there's a way, especially a Disney movie, there's a way to go about it so that you're appealing to everybody so that you can make the most money. And for someone, again, who has not had a box office success, the last thing you want to do is to keep shooting yourself in the foot in in the way you're interacting with this. So. For me personally, I just, it's just the uh, first time I've ever agreed with Jeff on Rachel Zegler. I, I watch those comments. I'm like, what are you doing?
0: Like, I, I don't have, yeah. an, like, I'm really not upset about the content of what yeah. she said. I'm, it's just the tone.
1: Right. It's the tone. It's, it's the tone. tone. Speak like, your oh. mind. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're
0: entitled yeah. to your opinion, but like,
1: oh God. No, it is not like saying, eat black people, shut the fuck up." That's not even remotely. Yeah, we don't need people. racism. This isn't about racism. Yeah, we're yeah, allowed yeah. to criticize people right. of other
0: races. That's equality.
1: If two dudes were saying the same thing about something, they were interpreting, I'd be also going up in their asses as well. Come on, and we was- do that on this show many times. You must, you all must be new here. Um, all right, let's see. So, anything more to say? And were you surprised that Gal Gadot was going? Saying, I actually had to audition for this role. I mean. It, I'm a little surprised by that
0: anyway. She should not She shouldn't have to audition for every role. I agree
1: time. with that 100%. Anything you want to say on Heart of Stone, you wanted to put that on since we're talking Gal Gadot. Did you, did you watch it? I watched 30 minutes of that thing, which is all I could handle. I didn't review it, and I just kind of moved on with my life. Did you watch it?
0: I did watch the whole thing. Um, yeah. It actually, you know, I mean, it looks okay. You know, it has a certain sheen to it and, and scope mm-hmm. and... The soundtrack actually wasn't bad, but, like, just so forgettable. Yeah, Just so, like, instantaneously. I could barely remember a goddamn thing about it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I, as I say, 30 minutes in, I was like, this is terrible. She's not good again in this film, and the film itself is not well-constructed either so you saw
0: 30 minutes of it so i don't know that you can say the film wasn't well constructed okay sure Uh, but you know because i've learned i've learned my lesson there it's like if you're going to criticize movies watch the whole thing if you you walked out you can say you walked out but you know um yeah it just it's bland it's just like every other fucking netflix action movie (laughs) except for the extraction movies i do like those
1: the extraction movies are fucking great that sequel was awesome wait real quick before we jump into another break Jeff, the uh, one of the producers of Winning Time, tweeted out that he wants people to promote this show because the numbers are down for the second season, and they're afraid they're going to cancel it. And this is a show that's a favorite of the Hot Mic. Both of us love Winning Time. What can we do to promote this to get people to watch this show on Max, Jeff? Um
0: we can talk about it here. And I can tell you that I've seen the whole season and it's fantastic. Uh, I don't know what else I can do besides that. I mean, you know, Max is either going to spend money to promote this thing or not. Uh, I thought, you know, I I tweeted, I think it was in May or something that they were going to give it a real push during the NBA finals. They did not do that. Yeah. They, they basically, I think that there was that the teaser came out like before the last game of the NBA finals or something. The finals were basically over uh, by the time HBO started on this whole campaign. Um, and I think that they should have advertised it more during the NBA playoffs and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also get that it's like a niche thing. Like people, they want, they like sports because they like the real drama of it. Who's going to win and who's going to lose? I don't know that they necessarily need to see reenactments of games that they, they already know what's going to happen. Even though, again, yeah. I think it's fascinating as a Celtics fan. Right, right, right. I don't right. know if a Pacers fan feels the same way about this show.
1: Um, you've got Um, uh, this is a perfect example. Brian Brawler saying, Is it's on Apple TV, right? Not Max. That tells you how little they've promoted the movie that Brian doesn't know that it is on Max, not on Apple TV. It it's probably an HBO show that's what an no HBO one knows, show. right? I mean, that's the thing, why are we even talking about Max? This right. is HBO. Everyone right. should know that it's an HBO show 100%, 100%. Um, all right, well, let's take a quick break and we're gonna jump into some more topics here, especially a big topic on uh, the New York Times article and TikTokers right after we come back after this. All right, y'all keep sending in your stream labs and super chats. We've got almost 600 of you watching us right now. Make sure you hit a like on the video, subscribe to the channel uh, and leave a comment down below if you're watching later and a lot of you do. Jeff, let's move on to our next topic here. This one had to do with the New York Times article uh, here that was uh, profiling what I've come to discover is a thing called movie talk on tiktok uh profiling some reviewers reviewers who were uh, who are on tiktok and have large followings and the way they speak about movies the way they approach movies and the way they're being paid by studios anywhere from a thousand to thirty thousand dollars to promote movies um overall and some people were profiled here on this and spoke about it i look at brian lucius who's saying a lot of us don't trust critics Um, And he said that uh, they watch movies and are just looking for something to critique. Fans watch movies looking for entertainment. This is just an extension of what we've seen growing over the last few years, Jeff. A difference between the critics and the fans who watch these movies. What was your thoughts? And there was a lot of pushback and a lot of people calling out this article uh, as uh, being uh, disingenuous. And how it was portraying a lot of people in movie talk. Uh, and then a lot of people came after it saying that this shows you the level of uh, critique that you're getting and accusing these people of being positive about movies because the studios are paying them to be positive about movies, movies which is an age old accusation. What are your thoughts on on this article and the reactions?
0: I mean, I thought it was sad and depressing, but I think that there's, you know, uh, the line has been blurring between critics and influencers for critics and influencers for years and this is what it leads to yeah i think that there's a lot of influencers out there i don't know why i can't speak all of a sudden who <laughs> think that they are critics because they are criticizing a movie yes uh, you know but i i think that once you accept money it changes your status i mean it's 100%. It basically makes you a promotional partner yep and so and i've been a you know a couple of these screenings from time to time or whatever but like you know when you think about it, Spider-Man, Batman, these are movies with huge promotional t- tie-ins, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. They have their own screenings for, for those people, so like, oh, we're going to have the Coca-Cola people, the McDonald's people." Right. they have screenings on the lot for those people, and those are the screenings that influencers belong in, Yeah. Um, not press screenings. I think that a pre- and I think that the blurring of, okay, well, this is a screening for press and influencers, and then the press sees the influencers. Yeah. Right. And, and, and again, these are not the same the same people, but, and they have different functions. Um. I I, I think it's. I mean, is is part of me jealous? Is part of you jealous? I I assume so. I, no. I no. But if I hear some one of these fucking guys getting ten grand. I don't care movie I, yeah i wish i was getting that but i also don't okay. have the reach of this person probably sure i think that this person is actually influencing ticket sales they that's the thing i have a yeah. friend i have a buddy matt who all the time he says oh this person's so famous eight million followers on on tiktok mm-hmm. how many followers do they have on twitter 400 yeah, wow. i mean, it's, it's just yeah. like this is a different platform with different metrics and just yeah. because someone has millions of followers it's not like they have million of millions of followers on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, and it doesn't it doesn't translate necessarily to box office. I mean, yeah. can one? T- I, it's funny. I had an off the record conversation yesterday with a, an indie exec, and he said for his business, not for Barbie or, or Batman, like you can't move the needle on something like that. Yeah, but for an indie movie. One TikTok post, if you catch, you know, the, the right one, that could affect your opening weekends. Yes. Right. You know, so I, th- I do think it's a different thing between indies and, and these studio blockbusters. Right. Um, but yeah, part of me was a little bummed that like, not that I couldn't go get on TikTok right now and become some in- influencer, but that's not sure. what I want to do. And, it, and it's sad that that's what people aspire to now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I saw David Chen on TikTok do a, a really good two and a half minute video about this uh, stuff and kind of telling the young TikTokers, like, be careful with journalists. They have their agenda. You have your agenda. And rarely do they uh, come together in the same place. But also saying that, look, you know, people made fun of of Ebert when he first started doing the thumbs up, thumbs down and saying he was devaluing film criticism by turning it into something simple like that. And so he likened it to that, that every time there's a change. And of course, we go back to the 1950s when Truffaut and all of them initially started out as film critics who were bashing the old established film critics who weren't real. So this is just rebellion within the film criticism community that happens every few decades, right? It just, it just happens. I get it. I think there is something positive for the smaller movies for sure. But I mean, this idea that these people are going to be paid by studios and then somehow be seen as independent creators, I think is ridiculous. I don't trust any of them. If they're paid by a studio, I don't get paid by a studio never have to my recollection do i get swag and put it on my shirt but it's up to me to do it if i want to do it at all but no studios You, feel a, ever you
0: do feel a little pressure to, to post the stuff that you get don't you
1: only because it means i won't get some more stuff down the road and who doesn't want free shirts or whatever so to me it's more ma- it's that simple but the idea of getting paid jeff i liken it to what right. was happening before we left a certain outlet and someone was saying, you can only post positive stuff, only talk positively about movies. I, you, The reason I start the show is not so that I could somehow make, you know, a, a lot of, uh, sell us out. It's just not my thing, it, my instinct yeah. to be able to do that. So I don't necessarily chase that. But I will say this, the article opened my eyes to the idea that, that I could be doing one minute videos on TikTok that are informative about film, that are my points of views about film, that could be a lot of fun, where I'm not chasing doing those kinds of things. No, I don't have any judgment on the people. I don't trust their judgment, but I don't have any judgment on them. I know Straw Hat Goofy. I've met him a couple of times. He's a really decent fellow, but there are other people who are carnivorous at work in that, and they are like um, fake as fuck. They work rooms. They try to connect with publicists and people involved in the studio. They try to make themselves seem more important when really they're nothing. And I've seen that happen a number of times. Straw Hat Goofy, though, gets yeah. paid, right? Yes, yeah, Straw Hat does get paid, yes. And he's okay. smart. He's a former advertising copywriter. He's
0: right. smart. And, and that's what he's doing. He's advertising. Right. He's an advertising yes. arm yes. of the studio. Yes. Do, yes. do you think that he's trustworthy? Why would anyone be trustworthy if they're, right. being, they're being paid to say good things? So right. 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 even if he actually genuinely loved the movie, right. you've you've Put that I can't trust you on it by accepting the payment. That's just, you know, that, that, right. that's like the definition of sort of yeah. how this whole thing works.
1: Yeah, I don't care how they spin it. If you get paid, right. I can't trust your judgment. No, but I really love the movie. I'm being honest. I really loved
0: it. It doesn't matter, okay, because you're compromised because you accepted the money. Like, I
1: don't exactly. like, does
0: that not compute? Um,
1: I mean, get your bag. Get your bag, but you can't have both
0: you can't have both. well it just speaks to again the times that we're in which is that people don't want the truth they want oh i think the right. flash looks good i want to go on tiktok and, and follow people who are going to tell me the flash looks good and it is right. good and blah 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 blah. they just want to live in their own echo chambers if you want the truth you wouldn't go to an influencer you'd go to a critic who's going to give you the truth because he's not being paid by anybody right. other than the newspaper itself
1: well, and that's the thing, and, and watching, reading some of these comments in the article where one of the um, female TikTokers was like, well, I don't like to be mean about a movie, so I like to couch any negative thing with positive comments on both sides. And I'm like, see, and that's the that to me is the problem in trying to tell me that you're a critic or a reviewer. Um, because if you can't be honest, I don't mean take out the knives and cut something up. I mean, if you can't just be honest about the things you didn't like about a movie, and you're afraid to say the things you didn't like about a movie, I think there's a danger there. But by the same token, Jeff, you and I both know people who have received death threats as critics because of their opinions on movies. So it's a weird line to be walking, and I think it's a costly changing uh, landscape when it comes to reviewers, influencers, critics, pundits, what have you, in this situation. So, you know, uh, it's just tough. because I
0: think a lot of critics would make the transition to influencer if they thought that they could. I mean, I just don't want to be a 40 year old man on TikTok. I mean, you know, maybe I could, maybe I'd be, maybe I was born to be on TikTok. There are like,
1: plenty of 40 year old men on TikTok. Jake. I'm sure there
0: are. I mean, yeah. you know, my, like I said, my friend who just can't get enough TikTok, he's on it all the time. I'm like, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I, I'll put it as like, if the, if the TikTokers break through to Instagram, Instagram seems to feature like the top, the best of the TikTok as yeah, far yeah. as what I've seen. Yeah. If you're a TikToker whose stuff has made it onto my radar on Instagram, you're probably talented. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, as I said, I, I've seen, I've met some of these people in real life, I've known some of these people in real life, and I've watched them work rooms, and they've been flat out in telling me that they're working rooms in such a fake... A reporters um, work rooms? You, just, yeah. you
0: haven't seen anybody work a fucking room until you've seen me work a room, John. <laughs> <laughs> okay?
1: Fair but, enough. But it's just like... But I'm not going to take your opinion seriously. I'm not. I'm not going to take your opinion seriously. I'm not. I, no. I'm going to appreciate the fact that you like what you like or you know what you know, and I think that's great. But how many of you've seen the classics? How many of you have really have a foundational oh. element to your film criticism? Because the, the directors that you're criticizing it's or the really films, films were made by directors influenced by those classic films. They haven't even heard of
0: movies from the 70s. They haven't seen movies from 20 years ago and they haven't yeah. heard of movies from the 70s. Right, right,
1: right. we a, yeah, we're a couple of old men screaming, so what the fuck do these young people
0: care Yeah, I, it's like, I, I get it. Let, let, You know, you want
1: yeah. critics who are
0: sort of of your age and, and references and, and sure. that kind of stuff. You don't need me constantly being like, you haven't seen this, you haven't seen this. Like, you know, that may not be fun, but at the same time, yeah,
1: these people are not critics. They shouldn't be trusted. But and they're, also, just, they're just mouthpieces for studios. But I also think the studios bear some responsibility for this because they want to do this. I mean, this right, kind right. of ties back to uh, what we talked about last week uh, with that letter, or that email that was sent. He was basically saying, Look, I know what you're doing. I would like to get this get screening ahead of time so that I can write for it for this prestigious sure. outlet. And so there was an element of truth and validity to what he was saying because these influencers and the studios want these influencers because they, they, think that it's going to make them a lot of money. They want to put them front in line. and They want promotion. Yeah, promotion, exactly. They're exactly. just trying to get butts
0: in, into the theater, John. That's all they're trying. That's what a review is. They're not yeah. actually curious w- what this person thinks. Yeah. They- yeah, They're just seeing it as an advertisement right. in, a- in a major n- newspaper or on a major website for the movie. Whether the person loves it, hates it, doesn't matter. It's an yeah. advertisement. That's what, what basically a review is.
1: And watching them all clutch their pearls. What should we do about... The strikes and basically saying how can i make money how can i make money now that this is going away that's basically what that all was man so you know to me it just was like ugh, come on uh, there's 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 validity and then there's uh, a little bit of shadiness i think with some of that situation.
0: all these people are shady and they won't last i mean
1: who knows i don't know i never know with these things because social media is crazy i never know and tiktok to no, me is an overwhelming they won't
0: thing They will last in the sense that you know maybe they'll last with their audiences on on tiktok or whatever mm. but those will eventually wise up and realize. Well, we paid three hundred thousand or five hundred thousand of our budget to influencers, yeah. and yeah. you know the, we didn't see the results. So why are we spending this money this way? Yeah. Um, but I get that that may be better money, better spent for them than like, all right, we're going to advertise on Slate or Paste. Right. And you know it's gonna be, you know, some normal 40, you know, 40 or 50 year old film critic reviewing. You
1: make a point. Good point. Because I, uh, I used to have advertising on some of my shows here on the channel or one of my shows on the other channel and we didn't do enough views. So they, they took out, they took off their advertising. So that's how it works. You got to kind of generate those views and do whatever you can to get those views to keep those people advertising on your Sticky. channel. That's It's important yeah there, huh?
0: there's 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 sticky view. there's stuff that we all just fucking see and forget about right. two seconds later, right. and then there's stuff that sticks
1: right exactly
0: exactly and so that's you just got to be difference.
1: aware of that that's the game yeah exactly um clairvoyance says any publicity is good publicity mm, tell that to the flash uh let's see um let's move on to another thing hasbro is launching its own film and tv division jeff do you like this idea do you think this is all brought about because of barbie and watching super mario both films making over a billion dollars this year is hasbro like fuck this we need to be getting in on this already
0: i mean yeah and, and they've had you know a film executive in in the past right, right. um right. brian goldner who who passed um tragically but uh uh yeah it's um they, they have to do it do they have the the ip to do it hmm. You got you gotta find a real clever way into some of this stuff you yeah. know like yeah. What, what, wait, there was an article, right? Variety Today, was that it? Uh, well, what no, it's just What were the yeah. properties? Epipig, G.I. Joe, what
1: else? Transformers, Dungeons and Dragons, Nerf, Play Doh, Magic the Gathering, which is massive, yeah. and My Little
0: Like, you know, that, yeah, when you hear that, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, they do have some stuff like Magic the Gathering, and I could see a fun Nerf movie being made. If, like, the Lego movie could be a hit, why, yeah. why couldn't Nerf, you know?
1: If a live action, I bet you a live action My Little Pony, if it was done right, could be a massive hit. It could be absolutely, especially because like, I don't know if people have watched My Little Pony, full disclosure, Michael Vogel, member of the Geek Buddies, an executive producer on My Little Pony for a number of years. They had a much more modern approach to things than what you saw in the original My Little Pony series with this new interpretation of My Little Pony that talks about topical issues, politically topical issues within its show. So that could be an interesting way to modernize it in a live action format that would work for a lot of people because that's what Barbie did. They modernized their approach to that t- story and it made over a billion dollars. So it's possible. Oh uh, yeah. I'd love a Hot Wheels movie. Are you kidding me? Um, all right, let's move on to another topic here. Where's my uh, list here? Uh, Indy five and MI seven set to lose hundred million dollars respectively for their studios Jeff, uh, uh, MI seven doing a little bit better than Indy five at five hundred and thirty two million worldwide, but in the end, not going to reach the seven ninety that its previous installment did. What do you think about this? Is this a timing situation? Is this just you know unfortunate? Is a budget situation? What are your thoughts on all of this? It is a budget situation. I mean, particularly with regards to Mission Impossible,
0: mm. uh, that one was just you know one pandemic delay after the next, and yeah. you know testing, you know. Uh, through the roof um it it does it it adds up it adds a lot to the budget and uh, these budgets movie just it had to have been a barbie or top gun maverick level breakout in order to make their money back you can't make money movies at this price point and expect to make money without you know
1: yeah
0: penetrating the zeitgeist it was also listen a terrible release date yes right a terrible release date um, I mean how would
1: he know that Barbenheimer was going to blow up though I don't know w- w- wouldn't
0: have uh, again Barbenheimer w- was projected to basically be a third the size that it turned out to be yep, yep. Um, Sound of Freedom was another complete out of the, out of nowhere phenomenon absolutely you never could have seen coming I mean if that if you take that movie off the board I don't want to just give its entire gross to Mission Impossible but right, like right right you know, add half of that maybe to Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. If if Mission Impossible had more, uh, had the IMAX screens for longer, you know, yeah. they could have done a lot better. But often, yeah. you know, it had to contend with with Oppenheimer. Um, if Mission Impossible had moved up its release date to the to the Fourth of July and at least gotten one more week before Barbenheimer arrived, I don't know why Paramount didn't do that. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of what ifs here that I think Tom Cruise is going to have to go back and, and sort of kick himself for. I, I think that he could have, again, cast the movie better too. Yeah. I, I don't think Haley Atwell is a, a star. Um, I think he could have found a, a bigger name
1: female lead. And I think he could have found a bigger name villain too. I mean, I don't want to say you're wrong because I thought Haley did a good job in the movie, but I don't know necessarily that Haley radiates star. I don't know that she does. No. It doesn't mean that she isn't great at what she does. She isn't beautiful. She isn't She's very good. Uh, incredibly talented. But does she get people into the theater? And I don't know necessarily uh, that, it's not that you
0: need them. It's not that Mission Impossible has ever relied on that, like Paula the right. Paul Carrie, like you know, it's never been like the let's bring in the big va Voom Maggie Q, yeah, female yeah. lead. But like, does that help?
1: But Tom's getting older, and so it, like you know, you oh. want to have that balance. And Rebecca's in the movie for sure, but. There are other people. Maybe they could have hey, looked. Al, at. If it was Emma Stone or Jennifer Lawrence playing mm-hmm. the thief Grace. Yeah, I think it would have. So <laughs> you
0: know, <laughs> you get you get what you pay for. I'm right. sorry, Haley. Well, good actress, very pretty, but um, not not yeah. a drop. Yeah, same yeah, with Eastside. Exactly. Like good actor. I, I liked what he did in the movie. If you know Eastside is fucking Jake Gyllenhaal or something, that's a different thing. I want to okay. go see Tom Cruise fight Jake Gyllenhaal the same way we wanted to see him fight Henry Cavill. Yeah. Tom Cruise, you know,
1: you there know might what, be truth who, to what you're saying. There might be truth to what you're saying because you're because Eastside did a good job, but Jake may be a bigger draw. That's a fair point. Anybody,
0: yeah. anybody, would, have <laughs> okay. anybody would have been a bigger draw.
1: Okay. You might have been a bigger draw. No, it's <laughs> not uh, Let's go to Writers Guild and AMP TV strike updates. I know we're getting close to the end of the show here, Jeff. We got, I know you got to yeah, get going. But, got shit to do. but yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, so uh, there were mixed results here according to the source, according to sources uh, for the trades between the meeting. That happened earlier this week between the WGA and PTP. We, we were 106 days into the strike. The WGA responded to the AMPTP's offers with sources for variety indicating the WGA, WGA, quote, did bend slightly on a few items, but, quote, did not offer the significant concessions that the studio side was looking for in response to its own offer. SAG is still waiting to negotiate. Duncan Crabtree Ireland said, we are very eager to get back to the table with AMPTP, as as we said, every every day. We're happy that they're back to the table with the WGA. So do you think this is all just for show, man? Or do you think they're really trying to resolve this thing at this point, at this stage of the strike?
0: I can't tell. Okay. Right? I mean, that's the thing. It's like you almost can't believe what the studio's doing or, or saying because, mm. um, you know, it's kind of, they're all kind of duplicitous. But um, I does feel like there is some momentum and some room for optimism, okay. some reason for optimism. So going back to, you know, my, my good source, this is kind of yeah. the way that they laid it out. Um, they think, because I'd always heard that that it was going to be sad that they closed the deal with first and and then the writers will come in after, right? Okay. That they need they need the actors back to promote the shit that they already, you know, are putting out.
1: Right, right, right. And so right.
0: That they can shoot the scripts that they already have. Right. So it seemed to me like getting SAG back was always more important. This person said they're going to get the WGA deal done first so they can get writers back in the room again and restart the pipeline, right? Because that's where it all starts from is, you know, writers. So he thinks that that they are working towards a a WGA deal. The WGA is going to have to give on certain things i mean you're not going to get everything you want so i don't know i don't understand it's a militant seemingly militant stance yeah where it's like these are the fucking things we want and we're not fucking leaving until we fucking get every one of them like that's not really how a negotiation works so it, it is going to have to give yeah. um they the, the source thinks or from what i've heard is they, they you know they're targeting labor day They would love to get this WGA done by Labor Day and then SAG by mid-October. Okay. Um, Because if you do that, then there's, I think I'd read that if you get them back, if you get the actors back, the writers back by Labor Day and the actors back by October, right? Right. And the actors can, the the writers can write the Law and Order episodes. Yeah. Right. September, October. Now you shoot. Law and order in November. Yeah. And you get Law and order back on the air for February sweeps or, you know, whatever whatever the fuck sweeps are. Yeah. Instead of a 22 episode season like most, you still have a 12 or 13 episode season that ends on time next May.
1: Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, All right. There are two other topics, two or three, but I think we're running out of time here, Jeff. So let's hit these Streamlabs and Super Chats uh, real quick and knock these out. And then we'll see if we have time to hit those real quick uh mellow mellow Wilo says matt Bomber, mr fantastic no, no Wait, pass, ass no pass, <laughs> no. Ass
0: hard pass
1: Askel, what's up asko he says hi guys thought you thought on thoughts on you possibly going to be hit by a tropical storm with high winds heavy rain and big waves sunday pass. hard pass hard pass <laughs> on weather in general we don't like moisture
0: here <laughs> Uh, no, listen. It could be fun to to watch the rain.
1: But. I'll, I'll be happy for the rain. I won't be happy if it becomes a hurricane, a devastating hurricane. And it has been decades since we had something like that in Southern California. Peter said, "Have either of you had a review used on advertising?" Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Jeff, have you?
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've been on a f- you know a few billboard you know ads, billboards, stuff, stuff like that. The most prominent one is the one I have in my childhood bedroom, which is uh, Patriots Day. Oh nice. The movie America needs right now. Patriots Day, starring Mark Wahlberg. Big Wahlberg. It needs it. America, <laughs> the whole country, would all benefit if we could watch this one movie.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm very proud to say that the my little outlet has been used a couple times. And uh, the most prominent one was for Top Gun Maverick. I was very blown away to be used in the TV commercials for Top Gun Maverick. Have my name and the outlet credited. That was a very special thing for me, for sure, as I love that movie and I love uh, Tom Cruise. He my comic plan cool, put it
0: on the poster. <laughs>
1: yeah, my comic plan says if I were Rachel Zegler's agent, I would tell her to shut up. You're literally ruining your movie and career. Shake my head. I, I feel like the publicists are telling her not to say these things, but Rachel's going to be Rachel. You know for why? Let me
0: ask you this: Why are we even doing interviews for Snow White right now?
1: I, I know it's not coming out until next G. Yeah. Why? Fantastic says, Hey guys, I'm a quasi movie goer. And if I need info whether to see a movie or not, I use my YouTube hosts that have a similar taste to my own, like John Roca, Jeff Snyder, Jay Washington. Have a great day. Fantastic.
0: Oh, Fred. I want you to, this is your homework assignment. Challenge yourself. Find someone who doesn't have a similar taste of your own Ooh. and give them a chance. Cool.
1: I try that. It doesn't always work. <laughs> Terrence, uh, <laughs> Terrence, <laughs> tolerance break says what's up john thoughts on the rachel zegler drama we commented we yeah. talked about it 20 minutes ago so uh, uh rewind back in the show uh and watch that and uh let's hit these uh, stream labs that have come through as well um bu- 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 uh, uh, yeah greg mont says it's funny to think that if any dc eu film came out in the 80s or 90s as they look today would be considered classic films dc films always feel 10 years behind the curve in storytelling I don't know. Were they behind the curve in 1978 when they did Superman or in 1989 when they did That's who it Batman? Is. I don't think they were behind the curve always. So I, I don't know where you get Not that from. Yeah. Uh, Tim says with Iger saying Marvel is going to put out less content and focus on quality of quantity, what are the odds that Blade doesn't get made? Jeff, is Blade going to get made? Yes. <clears throat> um, look at what is what, what genre is doing well right now at the box office?
0: Uh, horror. So why would you not make your one vampire movie? I mean, good point. This is a no-brainer. Um, and Blade is also supposed to be cheaper than the others. I mean, right. you're not. I don't think you need to pay for fucking beaming lights in the sky and all that shit. Like this is a Blade movie, so it, it could be a little bit more grounded and and practical. Right. Should be cheaper, and you have a two-time Oscar nominee and diversity in front. You know, like I, yeah. do it. I would do it.
1: If you lose the director. Go look at the Philippu brothers They're from Talk to Me. They'd be interesting. Uh, Greg Mont said, I did everything right. A Cohen Brothers Oliver Stone escape movie about Trump trying to unlose the 2020 election. LOL. Yeah. Uh, Love says, How about James Caviezel playing Reed Richards? LOL. It's a good looking guy, Jim Caviezel. Uh Yeah, <laughs> dangerous though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't see him being cast in any big studio movies anytime soon. Not only going
1: anywhere near that guy. Yeah, Dave Bowers. One last one says Oppenheimer was huge. Napoleon garnering buzz, and Marty directing *Kills of the Flower Moon*. Are we seeing a mini revival of the historical epic? I hope so. Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. Are we seeing a mini revival of history of historical epics? Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I Ooh.
1: guess right.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I much prefer a director getting a big canvas like that than like something I like dune
1: yeah fair it, it, i mean it could be napoleon depending on how maestro is it could be maestro killers of the flower moon and oppenheimer all battling to win not just be nominated to win a best picture and that's a hell of a foursome if all four of them are incredible you know so, regardless of what jeff's heard about maestro um yeah go ahead what, what you say?
0: No, I'm, I'm. I'm. I mean, do we want to just do some reviews and wrap up?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's do it.
0: All right, go ahead. What do you want to
1: review? Well, did you see Strays? I did not see Strays. I'm seeing it tomorrow in the morning because I uh, the screening okay. was the same time. Uh, oh. Strays
0: last night. Excuses, excuses, John. Strays was hilarious. Okay, I really had you know I had modest expectations <laughs> for this. movie. Yeah. I laughed my ass off throughout, Ooh. which is tough for a comedy to sustain. A lot of these movies. They come out of the gate, and then they kind of, you know, the second act drags or whatever. This moves from one set piece to the next, mm-hmm. spends a few minutes at a time with each thing. The voice cast is perfect. Okay. I mean, really could not have found, like, four more perfect voice actors for these four dogs. Yeah. Um, I just thought it, it totally fucking worked. Highly recommended this, this weekend. Yeah,
1: I'm going to see it tomorrow at 1120 in the morning uh, at my local theater. So um, I couldn't go tonight because I got another show. I'm recording tonight at the same time so but some animals, will... huh? eat some edibles.
0: yeah do a little wake and bake before so now give me your blue beetle style.
1: oh my god blue beetle is okay. fantastic i posted my non-spoiler review a- earlier today on the channel it is such a breath of fresh air in the dc universe i mean after flash after shazam 2 after the debacle and all the drama going on behind the scenes will we get aquaman 2 will we not get aquaman 2 all this madness James Gunn, Superman Legacy, all this. It's nice to see a film come out that has a confident director behind it. You feel the confidence of Angel Manuel Soto, who understands what he's doing with the movie. A, a burgeoning star, Zolo Madadueña, is no longer that kid from Cobra Kai. When you watch this movie, he is a man now, and it radiates a fantastic cast, and the way it celebrates Latin culture, in not just in the big, overt ways, that like the simplistic approach would do. It has these little shots, little stuff that occurs throughout that makes you feel that that the people making it understand the culture, understand the references, understand what they're trying to do here. And it really works. But overall the message, that there is a strength and power in family that overrides any strength and power when you seek it just for your own personal glory. I think that was fantastic, and the performances across the board, the music, the vibe of it all, just really 100% work. Is the villain kind of not that groundbreaking? Yes, is the is that kind of an issue for the film? Sure, but overall, the joy of the film and the funniness of the film, especially George Lopez and uh, um, uh, the Nana character there by Adriana Barraza, all of that really works so well to kind of overcome that, in my opinion. That's my point.
0: I could just listen to you. Roll your R's all day, baby. Por favor. Please. So sexy.
1: Por favor. Um,
0: All right. Well, you know what? I, I look forward to giving blue beetle a chance one
1: day. Uh, Fuck you. What do you mean? One day? No excuse. You want to see strays and you're not going to see blue beetle.
0: My uh, studio invited
1: me to see Stray's.
0: I, I didn't get invited to see Blue Beat. It must have been uh, an honest oversight, I'm told, by Warner Brothers.
1: I will buy your ticket if you go see it. I'm not even bullshitting. This ain't no, Sound of Freedom either. This ain't yes. paying no, no, you for do Now I'll go see it this weekend. Okay, um, I will buy your ticket. I'm not even Yeah, it's,
0: you know, I just feel like these studios are just getting so uh, – they're getting the stars in their eyes for these influencers. They're forgetting <laughs> some of the people they've been working with for two decades. So, mm.
1: We'll straw hat that, goofy, how
0: that works out for them uh <laughs> you know in a couple months when things start casting again at dc studios That's true. We'll, we'll see
1: straw hat goofy hook my brother up here hook snyder up with a pass to go see uh fucking nice. blue beetle for god's sake so um all right well there you go let's get on out of here thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, today we appreciate it madly you guys are amazing great lively chat over 600 people joining us for a majority of this we appreciate the stream labs and super chats jeff where can they find you? and Everything I' going on, my man. Oh, great point! <laughs> great fucking point! Great fucking point! That anyway. was free. Sound yeah. I, This is why I'm going to buy you the ticket because it's going to be right. free for you to go. And
0: I'll go. You have my yes. word. Done. Uh, you can find me at abovetheline.com. <laughs> uh, Newsweek. I was, you know, I did that chat yeah. with Molina. Uh, that was very nice of uh, Laura Prudham, my old Mashable coworker national <laughs> uh and uh, to ask me to do that and then uh la meg i wrote about uh, the schnoz the controversy for uh, mm-hmm. about bradley cooper i turned that in right before this podcast so it may nice. be up right now we'll see
1: okay all right uh Mertoranto, one last stream lab said actors uh, want streaming services to share accurate data but are they allowed to share global data the eu has strict reg- regulations on how much user data u.s tech companies and streaming services are allowed to store and share and i don't have to share it I don't know that much about I him. didn't know
0: about the 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 sort of international angle mm. to it all. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I asked Fuqua. I, I, got, to interview, I got to yeah. an, interview Antoine Fuqua this week because I saw Equalizer. And, you nice. know, I, interviews interview uh, embargo until next week. But mm-hmm. I did ask him, you know, like he's a producer on like Terminal List and Legacy, that Lakers show that was on Hulu. And, oh, and yeah. He's got a uh, Mayor of Kingstown, I think he's also credited on. Yes. And I asked him if, if streamers share viewership data with him and, and if it's frustrating for him to not know who's watching this this stuff and, and how many people, he kind of dodged it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was it was an artful parry yeah. of my question, but yeah, he didn't really give me an answer about that one. So, you know, I, I think everyone, though, all producers, would like to have more stats about the, the shows that they make.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%, 100% watch game time people for god's sakes watch game time on uh max for god's sakes i know legacy was a good Lakers show but game time is a lot of fun all right as for me you can follow me at the roca says on twitter instagram at tiktok the outlaw nation on twitch um as i said my blue beetle non-spoiler review up on the channel now tomorrow the geek buddies and then jedi away with laura kelly and i are coming very soon as well get you ready for ahsoka popping off what next week yeah next week i guess uh two episode premiere so look for that episode coming up this weekend as well all right you guys are amazing thanks so much for hanging out and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here of the hot mic peace